everyone. Happy Sabbath, Marianne. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Feliz Sábado. <laughs> I wish you a very blessed, blessed, blessed Sabbath in God's presence. I just want to remind you that in here we have God's presence. This pews might be emptied, but if you put your spiritual glasses on, you will see them packed. We have angels in our midst. I would like to begin with a prayer that the Holy Spirit would, will guide me on what, we'll like to, what God would like to share with you. I normally don't, I try not to prepare too much to allow God to share and, and, and share with you what he wants you to know. So with this, I will pray that the Holy Spirit will translate in your minds individually. It's a very customized message that each one of you will, will hear God's talking to you in your, in your mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, oh Lord, we thank you so much for your love, for the cross that you came and died for us. And as we begin this, this time for the message, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide, guide my, my voice, will guide my speech and my mind. And what do you want me to tell your children today? And at the same time, I pray that your Holy Spirit touch each one of us that we are here, that we can hear your voice, we can feel and we can understand what you want us to understand and help us to put it in practice so we can be ready by the time you come home to pick us up. We want to go home. Amen. We are, or we are, we are all a remnant, right? Do you know what remnant men means? Something left. Something. We are, there is a small remnant group that is going to survive on the last few years of this earth history. And I don't know about you, but I would like to be alive when that time comes. I know that my mother told me she didn't want to be alive. She wanted to rest, and the next thing she knew, she will open her eyes and will see Christ. And God gave her, he, he answered her prayer. So I know that Jesus is coming soon. I don't know about you all, but he is coming soon. And how the world is going, I'm more sure now than ever that our time here on this earth is very limited. It's shorter than many of, many of us think it will be. I would like to read again the memory verse that says 2 Peter 1. 10 and 11, and if you are those that likes to memorize Bible text, I will highly recommend you will memorize this one. 2 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. And, and, I, and, I, and I will read. It says, Wherefore the rather... Brethren, 
Give diligence to make your calling an election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered into you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I would like, if there's anyone here that would like to share with all of us, what do you understand when you read this? Brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So I guess there's three words that I would like for, for, for those who would like to share your opinions, what that means to you. The first one is what is diligent. The other one is the calling. And the third one is the election. So who would like to go with the first one or choose one? Diligent, calling, or election? May I add a word? Yes. Zealous. Zealous. So diligent is zealous? Yes. My, my version says zealous. zealous. What that means in, in English words? I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, some of my coworkers get together and, and watch sports on TV, some the Super Bowl or some game. They're very zealous. They plan for it. They... Uh, get their friends to come, and they're very excited of what they're doing. So diligent is, is you're very focused, you're con con consistent in what you're doing. So we're supposed to be diligent or consistent or zealous to what? What is, what is our calling or election? I think our calling is, um, like Jesus said before leaving, go and, and teach and tell others about me. So, so we are all... That's our We goal. were all called to be ministers of the gospel. Mm -hmm. We are all royal priesthood. So we, are the, we have the calling to share with others the everlasting gospel of God, Jesus Christ. And what about the election? Sure. So we are diligent to make our calling, what God called us to do, and election? Sure. What that means, election? Sure. Election, like elect, elect something that is for sure, like okay. that it's going to last. Okay. So if we use these three words, we need to be very diligent, very consistent in doing the calling that God gave us to do, but we need to make that election. We need to choose to do it, right? We need to be intentional on what we do. And how are we going to share the gospel? That is where the Holy Spirit will let you know how you're going to do that. Some of you will be preachers, some of you will be uh, working in the church as elders or will work as deacon, deaconesses, some of you will be called to support the, the gospel financially, some of you will teach, some of you will be teachers in Sabbath school or teachers in other areas. There is different ways that God will call each one of you 
to share that gospel. But you need to be diligent, looking for how God wants you to do, or, or look and search how God wants to use you, and be willing to accept that calling. Because if we do accept our calling, what, what is the promise that God gave us in here? We will not fall. The entrance should be ministered into you abundantly. So it will give, God will give you what you need, not only to share the gospel, but also to prepare you to be ready into the everlasting kingdom of our, our Lord. Lord. And I would like to share with you some, um, some thoughts that Ellen G. White wrote hundred years ago, a long time ago. He says, here a life insurance policy is offered us which ensure for us eternal life in the kingdom of God. This is an insurance policy. I ask you to study these words of the Apostle Peter. There is understanding and intelligence in every sentence. So she is recommending us, and I will go a little bit more into that, I will say God is encouraging us through her to let us know what God would like us to do is to grab that insurance policy, to study these words that the Apostle Peter wrote. There is an understanding and intelligence in every sentence. By taking hold upon the life giver who gave his life for us, we will receive eternal life. We are each deciding our eternal destiny. It's nobody else. It's nobody's fault if, you, if you're going to be saved or if you're going to be lost. It's only you, I, me, me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. or you. We are each deciding our eternal life, and it rests wholly with us whether we shall gain eternal life or we're going to gain eternal loss. We will leave the lessons given the Word of God. So it's a lifestyle requirement, right? Mm-hmm. We have to leave those lessons that we read in the Bible. Christ's great lesson book. It is the greatest and yet the most simple, arranged, and easily understood book ever prepared for giving an education and a proper behavior Speech in a matter in affections. So the Bible is one of the textbooks that is the most easiest to read, easiest to understand. And it will teach you not only science, literature, it will teach you how to speak, how to conduct yourself, and also will teach you the proper behavior that you need in this world. And those who make these words Their daily study are the only ones who are worthy of receiving a diploma, entitling them to educate and train the children from entrance into the higher school and to be crowned as victorious victorious overcome. And I'm going to read this one again because when I read this, it's like, ooh. Uh, I think it's very important. 
The Bible is the only book that will prepare human beings for the life that measures with the life of God. And then there is a, it, there is a, like when we're talking, what you were talking in, in, in the Sabbath school, there's an if. It's a conditional. It's a promise and it's conditional. And those who, not everybody, it's only those who makes the word their daily study. And the only ones are going to be the only ones who are worthy to receive a diploma in the end. I don't know about you, but I want that diploma. <laughs> I want that diploma, and I want it badly. I, I know I've been praying. My sister and I, we pray. I would like to be one of, I want to be part of the 144,000 in the end. I want to be one of them. At least the first group that will not begin, to begin the, the process. And um, only God knows if I'm going to be able to survive, because I know, and you know, that God will only give us what we can stand. And only God knows what I can stand in the end time. One thing is what I would like to be. I would like to be one of those 144,000. But if God sees that I, won't, I don't have what it takes, hey, um, he can put me to rest. And that, like my mother say, was saying, the important thing is to get the diploma, to go to heaven, to spend eternity in the presence of our Jesus Christ. And to know, um, and it's interesting because it gives us in here the formula. I'm very analytical, so when I read something, I, I create formulas, I create graphics, I create an outline to be able to understand the process of what's going on. And in here, she's given us a formula or a rule or an or or, or outline and how to achieve that insurance life. And let me continue reading. It says, Christ Jesus is the only judge of the fitness of the human agents to receive eternal life. The gates of the holy city will open to those, and again that word, not to everyone, is only to those who have been humble, meek, lowly, followers of him, having learned, so it's an action required, I mean, we need to learn something, their lessons from him, and receive from him their life insurance policy, forming characters after the divine similitude. So the insurance policy, she, she ended up in here saying that the insurance policy is the forming of our character. After what? After, the, after Christ, after the divine similitude. We, the more we contemplate, the more we study, the more we read, the more time we spend in the presence of Jesus, the more our character will be molded. Not because of us, but because of the presence of Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, he will mold our character to his likeness. So let me summarize. So what I wrote in here... For the life insurance, and here it gave us the what, how, and why. And um, 
So I'm going to give my outlines or my, my summary of what I just read. And then after this, we're going to study the life of someone in the Bible that achieved this. The first one I wrote in here, we have the passport of going to heaven is the blood of Christ. That's the what? The visa is to be diligent in studying his word every day. So by us studying his word, the Bible, every day, we're going to obtain that visa. What's the passport again? The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. The passport, that passport is what allows you to enter into that kingdom, into that nation, into that country, is the passport. And the passport is the blood of Christ. He already paid that. We already, we have eternal life if we choose to have it. So the passport we have. But the visa to enter is a different story. The visa that goes into the passport is that diligence that God is reminding us what we need to do to study the, the Bible once a week? Every day. Every day, every day, every day. To enter into the, the classroom of Christ so we can study in a daily basis to achieve that diploma in the end. Or which is that diploma is what? Who can remember? Where is that diploma? Because we have the password. And the visa, we, we need to work at it to get it. We need to be diligent and study the Word of God and spend time in the presence of Christ. That the Holy Spirit will change our character. Because the only thing that we can do is to choose to spend time with Christ. Christ will do everything else for us. So if we have the passport and we have the visa. What will be the diploma? Election. Election. To elect, to, to be wanted to be there. Yes, yes. For me, a diploma is, is something tangible that you achieve in the end. And you can, you know, I, I see it, and then probably you will see it different. A diploma for me will be this, the forming of the character. When we spend so much time in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit will change our character so in likeness of Christ that in the end, God will take us home. Transformation. The, tra the daily transformation, the character. And if you remember, the character is the only thing that God will not change. That's the only thing that will take to heaven. So, if the character is, is a lifelong process that requires diligence and requires daily study of God's word to achieve the diploma of the character of Christ. Then my question is, what are we doing to get ready? What would it take for me to go to heaven. Because I have the passport already. God, God died for it. And like John 3.16 says, for those who love, who accept Christ, what, 
What did John 3.16 say? Who wants to repeat it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever so believeth who in him. Whosoever. That's another if or condition. Whosoever. Yes. And it's, it is who, whoever wants to because we still have the freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. And it cannot be forced. Like, oh, God is so good and love us so much that he's going to save everybody. What if you don't want to be saved? What if you're like um, Satan? He doesn't want to be saved. No. And like, uh, you're so, right. I mean, so that's. Uh, we were reviewing today. There's two frame of thought that's saying, "One save, I will save." I wish that will be true, but it's not. And the other train of thought said, "God loves us so much that He will save everyone." And I say, "Okay, then, if God loves us so much that will save everyone, then why do He have to come to die?" Why do we have the Ten Commandments? Like when God says, if you love me, you will keep the commandments. Why do we have through the Bible so many scriptures saying that there is some action from our part that we need to do? And that action part will be what? God gave us his grace as a human race. We all have God's grace. And what is God's grace in a, in a practical sense? God's grace is a power. God gave us the power of choosing. That's the freedom of choice. And everybody are born with it. So you have, and you only, and that's why salvation is individual. Because we all are born, God has given us the power to be able to choose. And that's the only thing we can do, to choose with whom am I gonna spend my time. You can spend your time with Christ in his school, or you can spend your time in the school of the world. And who is the prince of the world? The adversary is Satan. Exactly. So we have the power of choosing in which side we're going to be. And after we choose to, act, to be in Christ, in presence of Christ, and we are diligent and spending time studying the Word of God, the love letter that he wrote to us, Christ will do the rest. So don't focus on the sins or your behaviors, the way you do, you don't do. Don't focus on that. Focus and put in your energy in the presence of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. So who in the Bible was one person that got a diploma and he went to heaven? Moses, what else? Uh, Elijah. Elijah. Enoch. Else? Enoch. Yes. So we do have examples in the Bible for those who were able to get that diploma. So let me, I'm going to only, because of time, we're only going to review one of them. And I'm going to choose the first one. That's Enoch. To see what was his secret. What did he do? So we're going to analyze his secret. What did he do? So he could go to heaven. Prayer. That God, that God, we were so close in friendship that God took him to heaven. So let me read this. In Genesis 5, 22, it reads, And Enoch walked with God for 300 years. 
So when I read this, I mean, if Enoch walked with God for 300 years out of all his life, the last 300 years of his life, or at least what the Bible refers here, that means that it's possible in our time and age to walk with God in our life. It's possible. I know Satan has worked very hard to convince God's children that it's impossible to do that. It's impossible to... His first, his first statement in heaven was impossible to follow God's law. That was his first statement. And today, I hear that still in the church. Oh, it's impossible to, to, to keep God's commandment. It's impossible. But a lot of people did. And God expects us to do. Is he a liar? No. No, he's not a liar. God will not ask us to do something that we are not able to do. So God is asking us to walk with him. How? Diligently? How often? Daily? To get what? Our character in the resemblance of Christ. So we need to, the more time we spend with Christ, the more we will look, the more we will think, the more we will want and be like Christ. And Enoch did that for 300 years. Wow. That's, 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 that's I don't know about you, but that's very impressive. <laughs> it's very impressive for 300 years. Yes, Alicia. And don't get discouraged if you think you're not walking with God every day, that you're not doing the right thing. Enoch lived for 800 years. Mm -hmm. So out of 800 years, he walked with God 300. 300, yeah. And he was worthy of the diploma. Amen. So don't get discouraged. Amen. Don't, don't, don't say, oh, my God, I already wasted so much time. Amen. So we need to start exercising this diligency, the wanting, the making the decision, an intentional decision every day to pick up the cross and spend time with, with God. Yes, Dan. That? Through some Bible study in the past, I wrote down that the Greek, uh, the word from the Hebrew walked means a continually walking. Continual. Not just one part in time and another part in time, but it's a continual, consistent linkage, a continual walking. Yes. Yeah, the, and Enoch walk with God means lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And now that I hear that, I remember back in the 90s, 90-something, 90 there was a Sabbath school lesson that talks about walking, with, walking the walk. That's how they call it. You remember? Way back when? Walking the walk. That was an amazing Sabbath school that it, it stuck in my mind. It's about lifestyle. It's about a daily, a daily walking Jesus Christ, that the, that relationship develop in a daily basis. The more time we spend together with Christ, the relationship becomes stronger and deeper and stronger. And Satan will do anything to prevent you to spend time 
in God's realm. He will use anything. I mean, even good things to prevent you to do that. So let me read some of the things that Ellen T. White said about Enoch to see what can we learn from him. There was a line of holy men who elevated and ennobled by communion with God. So the first key is communion with God, live as in the companionship of heaven. So they were already in heaven here on earth. Okay? So we can live heaven here in our, our earth, our lifestyle. They were men of massive intellect, of wonderful attainments. They had a great and holy mission. And that, what is a mission? When you have a mission, what is it? It's what, what drives you for something, right? The mission. They had a holy mission of what? Is to develop a character of righteousness. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the holy mission. The whole purpose of their life was to develop the character of righteousness. That was the whole purpose of their lives, their mission. And then after that, to teach a lesson of godliness, not only to men of their time, but for future generations. So our mission as remnant, as children of God that is waiting for the second coming, of which we don't have that much time, should be, our mission should be when we open our eyes, the first thing that we need to do is what? Pray. Pray. To help, to ask God to help you to remain in his presence and to spend time with him. Spend time developing that relationship that's going to, to, to change your character. Because heaven is like everything else in this earth. It's all about who you know. If you want to get a job, or if you want to get ahead, if you want to go in front of something, it's all about who you know. Salvation is also who you know. If you know the right person, you're in. And to do that, you need to develop that relationship. And when you develop that relationship, you will fall in love with, with that person that have given so much for us, that is continually given in a daily basis to us. So should be our holy mission to be what? Resilient? Persistent in what? To attaining that life insurance, which will be what? The three things, the three words that we talked about. The, the perseverance, the studying of the word, and the spending time with Christ so he can change our character, the, the diploma. Of Enoch, it is written that the, he lived 65 years and begot a son. After that, he walked with God 300 years. During these early years, Enoch had loved and feared God and had kept his commandment. So I think in the early years, he was like many of us. We go to church. We have our relationship with Christ. Some of, you know, different type of relationships. And then we, 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 we try to keep the commandment. We, we give our tithe, our offerings. We try to do the, all the right thing. 
From the lips of Adam, he had learned the dark story of the fall and the sharing of one of God's grace as seen in the promise. And he relied upon the Redeemer to come. Another key word is what? He relied upon what? Into his Redeemer. So there is a key, key point that Enoch did to be able to get that life insurance. It was his mission to develop the character of Christ that only comes with love and to teach others. And also he, he walked. He walked with him for 300 years. And even though his relationship with God was eh, like everybody else's, something happened that God taught him that it was not enough. What was it? Why was not enough? Our lifestyle here is not enough for Christ. What what he wanted to do? What happened? So he had a child. He had a son, right? And he says it here, but after the birth of his first son, Enoch reached a higher experience. He was drawn into a closer relationship with God. So he needed, we need to go into a higher experience than what we have right now. In that closer relationship with God. He realized more fully his own obligation and responsibility as the son of God. And as he saw his child's love for his father, his simple trust in his protection, as he felt the deep yearning, tenderness of his own heart for the firstborn, he learned a precious lesson for the wonderful love of God to man in the gift of his son. So something happened in Enoch's life that he realized as a father, what God as a father went through and did for the love of his children. He gave his son for life. The infinite, unfathomable love of God through Christ became the subject of his meditation day and night. So Enoch had a mission to develop a character of righteousness. In righteousness, what is the other definition of righteousness? It's perfection, based on the definition of the Bible, not the definition of the world. Now I want to make this clear. Okay, so Enoch made a mission to develop a perfect character. And how he did that? He walked with God. What is walk? Like Dan was saying, it's a lifestyle. It's who you are, who you want to become. And it's very important. And Enoch made a subject of, his, of, of Christ, the love of Christ, that he came and died for him, for us, and for you. He made it a subject of his meditation. What? They and night and with all the fervor of his soul and all his favor of his soul his strength he sought to reveal that love to the people among who he dwelt Enoch 
walk with God was not in a trance of a vision, but in all the duties of his daily life. So everything that Enoch did in his life, he did everything in the presence of God. So he was developing a perfect character to be in the presence of God, and he dealt with all his businesses according, accordingly. In the way he treats his family, his children, his work with others. Like what he says here, he learned that love and his whole mission, his whole duty was to please others, to love others the way God did or the way God do and will do. In the family and in his interrelationship inter with men as a husband and father, a friend, a citizen, he was steadfast, unwavering servant of the Lord. So I pray today that as Enoch, we will have our priority, our mission, beginning today, to spend time in God's presence, to develop the righteous character through Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Remember, the only thing we can do is to choose. Who is going to be doing that? So if you surrender and if you are persistent and you study the Word of God and you try to spend the most time and you put all your effort in remaining and surrendering yourself in God's presence, that's the only thing God wants. That's the only thing we need to do is the surrendering to Christ because He will do the rest. He will change our character. To his image mm -hmm. and it is my prayer that beginning today in the moment that you open your eyes and the moment you close to go to bed your main mission will be in the presence of God to work developing or to spending the time in Christ with Christ so the Holy Spirit can develop the character that God wants us to have to go to heaven. Let's um, the song and then then the prayer.